Welcome to episode 12 of Between the Times, a podcast of Christ Church Presbyterian in Charleston, South Carolina. My name is John Payne. I'm the pastor of Christ Church, and I'm sitting here uh, with Ross Hodges, the assistant pastor of Christ Church. How are you doing today, Ross? Doing well. Glad to be here. Well, we have a very special episode uh, this week. Uh, we're sitting here with two of our new staff members. It's good that this, this team has doubled. Yes, and we are very glad to be introducing them today. We have our new accompanist, Josh Nichols, all the way from Virginia, and we have our new women's and children's ministry coordinator, Miss Kristen G, all the way from the other side of Mount Pleasant. How are you doing, Kristen? Doing great, thanks. Great, great. And you were sharing earlier that you were uh, a radio star in high school, is that right? <laughs> You know, it's not something that I really like to claim, but yes, I um, was on a radio show in middle and high school. I was the conservative voice um, leading discussion each week on current political events. Wow. So we should expect to see you on Fox News soon as a contributor or? <laughs> oh, hardly. hardly. <laughs> I don't have, I used to think I had a lot to say. I don't, I don't think that anymore. Now, Josh, <laughs> you, you have a radio face. How long have you been? Uh, <laughs> doing this yeah, thing? That's right. That's right. <laughs> Um, well, it's a real blessing to have uh, Josh and Kristen here, and we just wanted to talk uh, with you all just a little bit about um, how the Lord has worked in your life in the past and, and uh, where you come from and uh, how the Lord brought you to Christ Church. And uh, Kristen, we'll start with you. Um, tell us a little bit about your background, your, your up, upbringing. I've had the privilege of getting to know your family a little bit, and uh, that's been a joy. But uh, tell us how you uh, came to know the Lord. Certainly. Well, I was raised in a Christian home, um, have very loving parents and a loving older brother. I was raised in a Baptist church in Columbia, South Carolina, and it was a wonderful place to um, grow up and really set the foundation for my understanding of who God is and what Christ has done for me. And what church was that? Um, Sheena Baptist Church. Yeah, and that's Marla was there for a couple that's of years. That's right, yeah, she I had forgotten Columbia. about that. I had yeah. forgotten about that. Um, so... We were in church every Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night as a family. And um, we, I heard the gospel many, many times I was growing up. And honestly, it was something that I was embarrassed to talk about um, with my parents. And there was always discussions going on in my home, but I always felt very shy um, when Christ was brought up. And I remember when I was in the sixth grade, my brother was a freshman in high school, and he um, started going to a Bible study that our youth pastor was leading. And at that point, he came to know Christ and was taking his relationship with Christ very seriously. And mm. I saw, lived out in front of me, what my parents had been teaching us our entire lives. And at that point, um, I really began to understand um, who Christ was and, mm. and really um, just the weight of what he had done for me on the cross and so I remember in the sixth grade at youth group one night um, hearing the gospel and it was like just a light went off and mm. um, you know the Holy Spirit's work in my life up until that point it just made sense and so oh, nice. um, that is mm. I do you know vividly remember that day but it also can speak to my entire upbringing and how um, God had worked in my life up until that point so Mm. And then you went off to the great University of Georgia. I did. I became a bulldog and um, had a wonderful experience there. Love Athens, love UGA. Mm. And um, upon graduation, moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, my parents mm. had moved there while I was in college, so I was kind of forced to Charlotte because I needed a place to live mm. and had to find a job. Um, 
and um, that was actually a wonderful place there. I found a great church, um, Christ Community Church there. It's a PCA church in mm. Charlotte, mm. and um, that is really where I came to love the PCA mm. um, and reconnected with my now husband. Um, he was living in Charleston at the time, um, and we had met actually at Sheena Baptist Church when I was 15 and he was 21 and um, he had waited for me to grow up a little bit and say we dated long distance. And He waited until you were 15 and a half? He was, yeah, that's right. No, no, no. <laughs> waited until I had graduated college and was an adult out of my own. And um, we were married um, almost four years ago. It'll be four years this January. We have a beautiful 15-month-old little girl and a little boy on the way. Mm-hmm. So. What, a, what a wonderful blessing. And I know Jeff. He he went to both USC and Clemson. Is that right? Oh, but who does he gonna, who does he root for? <laughs> he's gonna hate you for bringing that up. He will not claim South Carolina. He did get his undergraduate degree from South Carolina, um, but went to Clemson for his MBA, and that's what he claims. It's kind of like sanctification, isn't it? Uh, you know, I know Bill Barnhill is probably gonna listen to this, and we see a process of growth from USC to Clemson. It's quite quite extraordinary. We've seen that in Jeff's life, and uh, thankful for Jeff. Um, yeah, what a blessing. And uh, Kristen, we've uh, been talking about women's and children's ministries quite a bit over the last couple of weeks as you've been getting oriented around this, this position. And um, uh, what are your hopes and expectations for the women's ministry at Christ Church? I am very excited and humbled to have been asked to serve in this way for Christ Church. I think in a lot of ways I feel very inadequate, um, but I'm very excited to see how God is going to grow these two specific ministries. Um, I think my hope really for the women's ministry in particular is just to see um, women love each other well and come alongside each other and encourage one another in the faith. Um, Mm. I think that we we have a wonderful church and a wonderful congregation and as we have grown, um, I just think that it will be neat to see women get to know each other on a deeper level and talk about what's going on in their lives and their families and um, just encourage one another in the Lord. Mm, Amen. And we were talking earlier about Titus chapter two, which is a bit of a go-to verse for women's and children's ministry. And uh, it says in Titus two, starting in verse three, older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good. And so train the young women to love their husbands and children to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. And so it's interesting here how this connection is being made in terms of the word of God being reviled and the way that women interact in a church. And uh, this, this relationship here of older women to younger women is no different than older men to younger men in That's terms right. of that mentoring Relationship isn't that right, Ross? That's absolutely right. And and have you seen that in churches you've been in in the past? That that kind of relationship. Your own parents have been involved in a lot of this, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've seen a lot of it over the years. Seen it modeled, and uh, the the impact that you when you have uh, an uh, an older saint coming alongside a younger saint and taking them under their wing and uh, living out uh, the Christian life before them is is huge. Um, and we, my home was growing up. My home was always full of people, and most of the time it was people that my parents were uh, discipling, either officially or unofficially. Mm. And um, years later, now decades later, there's still fruit that's being born uh, from from that. Yes, and so those are the kind of relationships we want to see developing in the women's ministry, of course. And uh, uh, 
of course, part of Kristen's job, just to helping coordinate that, facilitate that, get uh, more mature Christian women with uh, less mature Christian women to learn about uh, child rearing and and walking with the Lord as a woman with all the the potential insecurities that uh, women struggle with today and to find their identity in Christ. I think you're absolutely right. I think that a lot of times um, women can feel very alone um, in their roles as wives and mothers. And so I think to um, be able to facilitate Mm -hmm. times for women to be together and Mm -hmm. to really share what really is going on, um, that's my hope. It's just that we would be um, honest with one another about our um, struggles and our Mm -hmm. joys and Mm -hmm. celebrate and mourn life mm. together. Yes. I think there's always that disparity. Amen. Yeah, and uh, we have, you know, we're a, a conscientiously reformed and confessional Presbyterian church. We have, uh, you know, long, meaty expository sermons <laughs> every Lord's Day, morning and evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, a, a weekly women's and a weekly men's Bible study. We really dig in deep. And um, every women's fellowship doesn't necessarily mean to be a seminary class either absolutely it's a time to share life yeah and so you know I think all of our hopes for men's and women's ministry and children's ministry really is that that we would uh, get to know one another to 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 actively and intentionally encourage one another in the Lord not only by our example uh, but to spur one another on uh, through the things that we have learned and uh, especially as older women who've walked through parenting and things like that, uh, that they could give an encouraging word. I remember um, this, uh, we had read, of course, when you have your first child, everything is just so intense <laughs> and um, you don't want to mess up, right? Absolutely. And when we were in Scotland, uh, there was a period where we weren't picking up our, our daughter when she was crying and, um, uh, I mean, not all the time, but we, you know, it was time for a nap. We think well, she just needs to, to, to go to sleep. And, and one, at one point, Marla was so upset because because our daughter was having such a hard time sleeping, and and this this mom who had walked through parent, parenthood already, she said, "Oh, Marla, just pick up the wee baby. It's gonna be okay." <laughs> and uh, th- just little things like that, we'll never forget. It just gives a level of comfort as you are able to talk to those who have walked through life. Absolutely. Uh, before, well, Josh, you are uh, have come here to be our lead accompanist, and uh, at, at at the moment working part time for Christ Church, doing our our bulletin, which you've done such a marvelous job Fantastic. in improving that. The aesthetic is gorgeous. Um, you have uh, really brought a seamless transition. Uh, the Giuliani's did such an excellent job with, with musical accompaniment. You've come in and, and continued to, to set that tone of, of, of excellence, and uh, we're thankful for that. Tell us a little bit about your, your background, um, where you grew up, and how you came to know the Lord. Well, I'm a little bit of a nomad. Uh, my family was all over the place when I was a child. When I was a child, and uh, uh, I was I was born in Jackson, Mississippi, on the hottest day in July, on a floor in the <laughs> hospital wing that had no air conditioning. <laughs> so I'm I'm quite a hot natured person, but and now not, we know why. Yes, that's right. And but not long after that, how long did they leave you on the floor? Oh, you know, just a few hours. <laughs> but, <laughs> this is Mississippi. That's right. right. <laughs> That's right. I do things differently down there. That's right. I mean, the babies drop and then they start working. So, <laughs> the the <laughs> the next place we went <clears throat> was uh, uh, Columbus, Columbus, Mississippi, where uh, my my folks were in the Palmer home system, hmm. and then um, after a, a little po- little time of that, we 
went to North Alabama and Huntsville. It's Redstone Arsenal territory, lots of um, affluence and lovely people and lovely neighborhoods. And um, uh, I've spent the most amount of time in my life there. And uh, it was around that time that I, um, as a church going guy in a Presbyterian church, family raised me in a Christian home. Um, I just, I, I knew the Lord all along and came to a, a more finer realization of my sin and guilt mm. and need for God's redemption at a fairly young age. I uh, couldn't tell you exactly when, but I remember talking with my mom and dad about it and um, they explained that Jesus is the answer to all of those troubles and woes and the feeling of guilt, the 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 real weightiness of sin, mm. Mm. and um, at that point, just committed my life to, to Christ, mm. um, and uh, has been all all the while, you know, through the ups and downs of the Christian walk, um, have noticed God's real, true perseverance of my life mm. um, as a as a believer, as a as a soul that He has captured since the foundation of the world. Mm, so, um, and my father at the same time was working spiritually through a sort of a Jonah type thing. Um, both my parents will tell you that they sort of rebelled against what they believed God called them to be, which was for my dad to be a, a minister and pro proclaimer of the gospel. And uh, for 11 years in Huntsville, they were struggling with this and struggling with the dynamic of, well, how do we move our family and how do we move children? And they're near their, they're near their friends and they love their school and they love their teachers. And we're going to strip them away from that to go to a place like Jackson, Mississippi to RTS to put them in a bad school district and all this other stuff. And, um, basically, um, God wore them down through mm -hmm. my, my father's, the providence of my father's positions and the work that he was doing. And, and basically my, my dad went to my mom and said, honey, it is time. This has got to happen. I, I, this is not right. What I'm doing, I'm blatantly uh, going against the will of God here, I believe. And my mom said, well, if God opens the doors, we'll do it. And boom, 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 like clockwork. Mm. It was like, wow. It was like God was waiting for them to accept the reality that he was intended for the gospel ministry. Mm. And um, things lined up, even asked us as kids, and we were sort of like, yeah, let's go on an adventure. Mm. You know, it was just the little the little <laughs> moments, the little providence in, in our life there just uh, really mm. added up. And um, lo and behold, he's, he's now in uh, central Virginia mm. as a pastor laboring in a small country church. Wonderful. For and the gospel. So tell us a little bit about your better half. No, my better half is way better. She's, <laughs> she's incredible. Um, we both met actually on eHarmony, which wow. is um, started by a, a Christian counselor mm -hmm. and uh, basically saw in his ministry to couples, if, if there could just be more compatibility, sure, we're not going for divorce, but you know, if there was just more compatibility between couples that would help mitigate some of the issues that he was seeing in uh, in counseling. <clears throat> and so basically, um, I decided to sign up after being at a public university for a couple of years and thought, this is not the place to find a wife. And um, I was about to give up. And she showed up in my inbox with a sweet little message that said, your profile brought a smile to my face. Mm. And I was... 
I think I knew right then and there, but as God was showing me the beauty of her of her grace and the, the salvation that was within her, I just realized and came more realized mm. of the reality that this is my wife mm. right here. Mm. Um, mm. So we had a long distance relationship. We got engaged very quickly and got married very quickly. And mm. now we have a daughter um, who has just turned one year old. Her name is Alina. Ed, beautiful baby i mean I she likes chocolate cake she loves <laughs> chocolate cake she loves playing with it and putting it everywhere on her body sometimes other than her mouth <laughs> so it's it's an incredible journey that we've experienced you know the lord brought you to us at just the right time amen yeah ross and Always. i were praying desperate prayers that's right um because our former uh, music director was moving on and we weren't quite sure who was going to be able to replace him and the timing was, was moved back to, to, to a place where we were uh, concerned that we'd be able to have someone in place and uh, that was quite a, quite a time, wasn't it? Amen, yeah. And uh, the first time we talked to you, uh, the first time I talked to you, it, it was very encouraging because you had a lot of convictions about what worship is and what worship should be and what it shouldn't be. Yeah, and I remember. It, yeah. it'd be, uh, it, it was a great conversation, and it became apparent to me pretty quickly that this was very likely going to be a good fit. And, you know, we, we, we're living in a, a church culture today, just broadly speaking, where uh, oftentimes music is a driving force for Absolutely. what the church is and, and mm -hmm. is trying to be. But maybe you can talk just briefly as we wind down here. Um, what, as a musician, is your role mm. in worship and mm. in the life of the church? And just from a musician's perspective, help our listeners mm -hmm. understand how you come at uh, your calling. Sure. So um, I, I grew up with a, um, a, a healthy conviction uh, all my life that, um, music is ultimately about the glory of God and everything in life is about the glory of God and when it is not it is it is worthless to God Amen. just as it's mimicked <clears throat> when we see the love passage in 1 Corinthians that it is all a clanging gong and cymbals when it's without love and the ultimate love that we can express is to Christ for the salvation of our souls and so um, as a musician that's always been part of my life but perhaps more nuanced than that, something that has needed to develop uh, through my walk is the conviction of what that looks like in a healthy church. So, you know, we can all talk about glory to God and offering praise and thanks and singing new songs and all this other stuff, but in reality, our hearts are, are so easily um, uh, straight and, and taken off path when we deal mm. with any kind of ministry and so when it comes to music especially with any ministry I, I notice that um, there's a there's a second commandment problem mm. and it's always there it never goes away no matter how mature mm. your church is and your congregation members are and a first commandment problem uh, well absolutely <laughs> it's all the commandments in well, the sense well, you think about you have no other gods before you and, right. and idolatry is at the very center right. of our struggle right that's absolutely right and yeah. so is it then possible to actually make a church ministry an idol absolutely yes absolutely well we yeah. can i mean we can do that with anything we've been talking with kristen about women's right. ministry and you know what we're committed to at christ church what kristen is committed to is having a ministry that uh 
that that serves the chief end of the church, which is worship and the covenant community gathering Absolutely. together every Lord's Day, and discipleship can, in the Word. Uh, discipleship in the Word, That's exactly. Right. And the Word is central. And but but a women's ministry or a music ministry or a children's ministry or a men's ministry, right. any of these can become sort of self-supporting idols right. in the life of a church, yes. which is what we want to yes. avoid. Yes. And it's yes. so easy as a music person who goes to school to become a professional at what I do. And it is the most, one of the few things in the church that um, indirectly proclaims the gospel and the, the, the meaning of worship. And yet it's, so, it's such a tender issue. I mean, the Puritans were obsessed with music and its effect that, you know, they were trying to reform almost to a fault their music in an effort to avoid the pitfalls that music has in a in a any person's life, and so I've had to quickly um, acquiesce any professional motivation I have to be a, a musician in order to serve the greater calling of being invisible. That is so yeah. refreshing. It's huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard that before. <laughs> Thank you for that, and that, yeah. that that's what really was extraordinary to us that not only did God provide uh, someone at the right time, but he provided the right person at the right time, Amen. someone who loves reformed piety and loves uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and the, and the worship of Christ more than he does himself, his own music, mm -hmm. his own career. And that could be said of anybody in any position, Absolutely. whether Amen. it's a women's coordinator or an assistant pastor or a senior pastor. If it's about us and our identity isn't about what we're doing, we are off the mark and we are Absolutely. headed down a bad path. Absolutely. Um, well, this has been a, a great discussion, and uh, you know, once again, we are just so excited, uh, Kristen, about your new position at Amen. Christ Church, Thank and uh, and Josh, we're so thankful for your yes. uh, being with us as our new lead accompanist, and we're excited for what the Lord will do in the future with our church. Our our efforts um, uh, will always be. Uh, less than perfect, far less than perfect, but we pray the Lord will take them and use them for his glory in this uh, this work of discipleship. Because really, at the end of the day, uh, we are trying to carry out the Great Commission, Absolutely. which is to make yeah. disciples, right. uh, teaching all that Christ commanded. Well, uh, we thank you for listening uh, to this uh, episode of Between the Times, and we hope you'll join us next time.